Amen. What's up, everybody? Hey! What up? Welcome to United Worship here at First Methodist Mansfield. My name is Johnny Brower. I serve as one of the pastors here. Uh, and man, it is just, I'm so pumped uh, to be here. Uh, and if anybody's here for the very first time, uh, special welcome to you. I won't, like, call you out in front of everybody, but I'm glad you're here, too. I loved, I loved my youth group growing up. I, I went to a very small church in a very small town. We had a very small youth group. Um, and I, I loved it so much because it was, uh, it was a safe place for me. You know, it was a safe place for me to come and ask questions about my faith, ask questions about my life, um, and, and not feel um, rejected or ashamed or anything like that. We had, we had a great uh, pastor that, that came and was part of our youth group and, and uh, walked us through those times that, that could be tough. And sometimes it, it was great, and, and they, were, they were there to celebrate with us. And so I, I hope you find that here. Um, and uh, if you have any questions about what we do or anything like that, uh, you know, Lauren, Amanda, anybody up here that you see, any of your, the adults that you see around here would love to talk to you. Um, so, why am I holding this balloon? There you go. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be all right. <laughs> uh, also, you have, uh, Amanda mentioned this little thing that you have here. Uh, so make sure you have something to write with because we're going to fill in these blanks in just a little bit. Also, if you use... Uh, if you use Twitter or Instagram, um, there's a fun little thing that you can send out there to, to tell, uh, tell everybody that follows you that you went to church, and, and this is something that you believe. Uh, and lastly, on the back, there's a place for notes. Um, so if you have any questions or anything about anything I say, uh, and you don't want to forget it, you can write it down right there, um, or anything else that you want to remember. So uh, please do that. Um, I don't know if I could tell you the exact moment that um, I became a Christian. Right? I, I call myself a Christian now. I'm a Christian. It's a good thing. I call myself pastor too. So it's a good thing that I call myself Christian. But I don't know when that point was. I don't know if I could like circle a day on the calendar of my life uh, of when that happened. Because for the majority of my life, I kind of grew up around or in church. Uh, as a very young child, uh, I would go to Catholic church with my grandfather. I didn't understand much of what was going on, but I went. Uh, my parents, when we moved to the, the town that I grew up in, uh, started going to a church there. And and I went with them, and I did vacation Bible school and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and I, I knew Bible stories backwards and forwards. Um, I, was, I was really smart. At, do you know what Jeopardy is? Okay. If there was like a Bible Jeopardy, like I probably would have, I would still be on the show now. I was that good. Um, I, I knew a lot about the Bible story, but I'm not sure. Um, I, knew, I knew a lot about Christians, but I wasn't sure I knew a lot about how to be a Christian. You know, I had all the head knowledge, but I wasn't sure how it translated to my real life. You know, when I left church and they weren't asking me questions about Noah or Moses or anything like that. Um, when I was walking around in my middle school and my high school, I, I'm not sure I knew what all of that had to do with my life. And, and my guess is that I'm not the only one that ever felt that way. My guess is that there's probably some adults in here that felt that same way, uh, there, I'm, my guess is that there are some of you in here that feel that way now. Um, so there, there were times where like, I knew all this knowledge about Christianity, but I wasn't sure I was doing it right. You know what I mean? Like Maybe I wasn't praying enough, or maybe I didn't read my Bible enough, or you know, man, I was a real jerk to this person over here, and I don't know if Jesus said I was allowed to be a jerk to people. Like, you know, I, I, I wasn't quite sure, and there were times where I thought God was really disappointed in me because I was getting it wrong. Uh, I felt a little unworthy. Um, I felt that God would just be generally disappointed if I wasn't doing things right. And again, my guess is that I'm not alone in that. 
um, that maybe some of you have felt that too, um, that you're not sure if God really approves of you, if you're um, a good enough Christian, or uh, if God really believes in you at all. There's lots of stories like this in the Bible of people kind of feeling the same way. Um, I'm going to tell you one in particular, and you're going to look at it a little bit more in your breakout groups. It's a story about Peter. Um, In the New Testament, uh, Peter is one of Jesus' 12 disciples, if you didn't know that. Um, He was actually uh, probably one of Jesus' favorite disciples, like at least in the top three. Um, And Peter's one of the most popular ones. Uh, And the story I'm going to tell you uh, comes from John chapter 18. That's one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, But actually, the story um, appears in all four Gospels, which tells you that it's kind of important if all four of these different separate writers... Um, wanted to write this particular story down, that it has some significance to it. And we're going to look at that today. Now, you may read it a little more thoroughly uh, in your breakout group. So I'm not going to read the whole story to you directly out of the Bible. I'm going to paraphrase it for you uh, just a little bit uh, for the sake of time. So in this story, uh, you know, kind of backstory, Jesus has 12 disciples, right? And um, there's, a, there's a moment where they, J- Jesus enters J- Jerusalem with his 12 disciples, and they're sitting down to have a meal. And Jesus says, one of you 12 in here are going to give me up to the Romans. You're going to betray me, and you're going to tell them where I am, and they're going to come arrest me, and bad things are going to happen. And one of you is going to do that. Uh, and a particular disciple named Judas decides to leave, and he's the one that does that. He sneaks out and goes off and tells the Romans where Jesus is going to be. Jesus is heading off to this garden that he and the disciples would frequent, right? They would go to this place all the time, and Jesus loved to pray there. Uh, And so they're heading there, and Judas tells the Romans, this is where you're going to be able to find Jesus, right? So there's a group of soldiers going to this garden, and, and Jesus is telling his disciples, you know, stay awake, keep guard, watch out for me. Jesus prays. Well, these guards show up, and Jesus comes out and just kind of says, hey, who are you looking for? Right, because Jesus kind of knew what was going on. Hey, who are you looking for? And they're like, we're looking for Jesus. And he's like, you found him. I'm right here. And they're like, okay, well, you're under arrest, sir. And then Peter, Peter gets like bowed up. Like he gets angry. And Peter pulls out his sword and runs after and chops off the high priest's uh, assistant's ear. I don't, like, take that. Like, you know, like, I don't know. Either, either Peter was, like, deadly accurate, because that'd be really hard if that's what you meant to do, or he was really terrible at aim. Like, he just, just swung it wildly at this person and chopped his ear off, right? Peter got angry, like, you're not, no, you can't arrest my Jesus, you know, and he came after him and swung his sword, right? Swung his sword, chopped his ear off. Um, spoiler alert, Jesus picks up the ear and, like, puts it back on, like, heals it. And Jesus looks at Peter like, come on, man. Like, put, no, put your sword down. Put your sword down. I'm Jesus. This isn't how I roll, right? Like, and so uh, he does that, and, and they take Jesus away. They arrest him, and they take him away, and they're going to take him in front of the, the high priest council, and they're going to try him, uh, and eventually he's going to be crucified. And in this time when they take Jesus away, the disciples are all just kind of like, like, what, what the heck? Like, they're scared. They're nervous that they're going to get arrested, too. They don't know what's going to happen to them. Their leader, this person that they've walked with for the past three years. And this isn't just like, hey, I've known this person for three years in school. Like, they've spent every day together. Like, every day. They slept near each other on the ground. Like, 
uh, if you've been on a mission trip before and you have to share a room for just five days with those people, like, by the end of it, you're like, you know, I like you and everything, but you, you got to go. Like, <laughs> like, I need to go home and sleep in my own bed. Like, you need to go, man. I need to not be around you. For three years, they, they, they spent time together. Jesus taught them. Jesus was their leader, and, and now he's gone. What do they do? They left everything behind to follow Jesus, and now he's gone. And their lives are so turned upside down. And so they're kind of running around. And what Peter does is Peter kind of like sneaks behind in, into the town to kind of figure out what's going on. He wants to kind of spy and see and well, you know, make sure everything's going to be okay. He doesn't know what else to do. And when he's wandering around the town, people would stop and be like, hey, aren't you, aren't you one of those guys that was walking around with that Jesus fella? And Peter was like, nope, I don't know who you're talking about. Not me, you know, bye. And he would go. And then somebody else would stop him. Hey, hey, I know you. You're one of those, you're one of those disciples. Yeah, I, you were walking around with that Jesus guy. And, you know, that's you, right? And he's like, no, 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 that's not me. And he keeps walking. He's kind of snoking around. And finally, this little girl comes up to him and says, I know you. You're one of those people that follow Jesus. And Peter's like, for the last time, like, I am not that guy. You have me mistaken for somebody else. I think, I think this is crazy because there's one minute where the guards are actually there. And Peter is like just so full of like confidence and bravery. And he like pulls out his sword and he's just swinging away, right? He's ready to defend Jesus with his sword. He's ready to, I mean, he's ready to go down, man. And then... Like, the next minute, a little girl's asking him a question. He's like, no, not me. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's out. Like, he, one minute, he's, re- he's real firm and strong in his faith. And then in the next, he's not. He's fearful of what might happen. The crazy thing is, is Jesus predicted this. Jesus told Peter to his face that this was going to happen. Because Peter was talking all big to Jesus, like, I'll never deny you. I'll, I'll you know... I'll, I'll, I'll step in front of a bullet for you, even though they didn't bullets back then, but I would do it. I would do it. And Jesus like, slow down, Peter. Believe me. There's going to come a time where you're going to deny that you even knew me. And not just one time. You're going to do it three times. You're going to deny me. Jesus knew that Peter was going to screw this up. He knew he was going to be a screw-up. Jesus knew Peter would wimp out and be afraid and totally deny even knowing Jesus. And Jesus told this to Peter's face. The thing, that, the thing that we take away from that is that Jesus knows our weakness. Jesus knows the anxiety that we have. The fear that we have. Uh, even in regards to our faith. And not just our everyday life. Jesus knows that sometimes we're not going to know what to do with our faith. Sometimes we're going to mess it up and not get it right. Jesus knows our weakness. But when we have a weakness, whether it's with our friends or with, with God, our tendency is to want to try to hide that, to try to pretend it doesn't exist. I used to do that all the time when I was a little kid. Like if I was around my friends and like fell and like bumped my elbow and skinned it up or something, and I'd be like, oh, no, I'm like... No, I'm good, man. Like, you know, that one tear is just kind of coming out. And you're like, no, I'm totally cool. It didn't hurt at all. I'm just crying because it's funny. Like, <laughs> you know, like you would try to hide it. Like, I, I didn't get hurt. I'm not weak, right? I'm strong. 
we would hide that. We, want, we don't want anybody to know. And, and the thing is that we don't have to cover it up. We don't have to pretend it doesn't exist because Jesus already knows. God knows our weakness. He knows it. It's all part of being human that we all sin and fall short of God's glory. But you know the other thing that Jesus knew about Peter? Jesus knew Peter's potential. Jesus knew that Peter was capable of great things. Jesus knew the strength that was inside of Peter. He knew the weakness. Peter, you're going to screw this up. You're going to be embarrassed of me. You're going to be afraid. And you're going to deny that you knew me. But I also know this, that there's strength in there. I know that you have great potential. I know what you're capable of. Peter didn't even necessarily know this about himself. And Jesus told him, again, to his face. They were sitting down one time. And and Jesus said to Peter, Peter, you are a rock. See, Peter's original name was Simon. uh, And and Jesus kind of changed his name, gave him a nickname called Peter. uh, Which in Greek, um, Petrus sounds a lot like Petros, which means rock. So, Peter, you're a rock. And it's on this rock that I will build my church. And not even the gates of hell will overcome it. What Jesus is saying to Peter is, is, Peter, on you, on your leadership, on your strength, I'm going to build my church. See, churches didn't exist then. This was a new thing. Jesus just invented churches, right? So if you don't like church, you can blame Jesus. But Jesus invented church. And he said, Peter, you're going to be the one to start this whole thing. It's up to you, Peter, because I know what you're capable of. These are powerful words. Jesus knows what Peter does not. And that's what Peter is capable of. But Peter might say, he didn't say this in the Bible, but I'm just kind of making this up, right? Uh, Jesus would say that to Peter. On you, I'm going to build my church. Peter would say, Lord, uh, but don't you know that there's going to be a time when you ask me to walk on the water? I'm going to see you walking on water, and I'm going to be real excited. And I'm going to say, hey, let me walk on that water too. And Jesus, you're going to be like, come on. And I'm going to jump out there, and then I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to sink. Don't you know that, Jesus? Jesus is like, yeah. He might say, but Lord, don't you know that there's going to come a time when I'm going to lose my temper and chop some dude's ear off? (laughs) But Jesus, don't you know there's going to come a time where I'm really afraid? And I'm going to deny that I even knew you? And I'm going to pretend that I never even knew your name? How are you going to say you're going to build your church through me? Don't you know all this stuff? And Jesus, I imagine, would say to him, Yeah, I know that. And that's going to break my heart when that happens. But I believe in you, Peter. I believe in you. I know you're going to mess up. I know that there's going to be times when you're weak. And it's going to hurt when that happens. But I believe in you because I know what you're capable of. Here's why I love the story of Peter. Is that God knows you. Let me turn this around. I'm going to just talk about me here. God knows me better than I know myself. Which means God knows you better than you know yourself. 
God knows your weaknesses. God knows that sometimes you're scared. God knows that sometimes you screw up. God knows that and still, God knows all those things and still, God's chosen you. God has chosen you. He tells us to never lose hope in ourselves because God hasn't. God is never going to give up hope on you. Uh, There's a book that really changed my life um, as a Christian when I read it. It came out several years ago. It's called Velvet Elvis by a guy named Rob Bell. Uh, Love this book. I've read it several times. um, And and there's a part in there that um, really speaks to exactly what we've been talking about here. He says this, Notice how many places in the accounts of Jesus' life where he gets frustrated with his disciples. Is it because they are incapable? No. It's because of how capable they are. He sees what they could be and what they could do, and when they fall short, it provokes him to no end. It isn't their failure problem. Hear this again. It's not their failure that's the problem. It's their greatness. They don't realize what they're capable of. God has an amazingly high view of people. God believes that people are capable of amazing things. I've been told, this is part of Rob's book, I've been told that I need to believe in Jesus, which is a good thing. But what I'm learning is that Jesus believes in me. God has faith in me. I love the story of Peter because it reminds me that I won't always get it right. I won't. I'm going to screw it up. As hard as I try, there's going to be times where I don't get it right. But I can be sure that even though I will screw things up from time to time, God still loves me and God still believes in me. And that gives me the strength and the confidence to keep moving forward. We have a slide that will show you where those blanks are. I can be sure that even though I will screw things up from time to time, that God still loves me, God still believes in me, and that gives me strength. I'm not sure um, where you are in your life or or in your faith right now um, as as you came here. I I don't know why, why you came. If you're coming you know, to hang out with friends or to, um, to, to worship, to, to meet God. I don't know if you're Christian or, or if you're not. Um, but what I do know is that everybody in this room, everybody in this room is known by God and is loved by God. God knows your weakness. God knows your fear. But God knows your strength as well. And God has faith in you. God has faith in you because you're great, capable of great things. I'm going to pray for us to kind of close this time. Uh, and then uh, is somebody going to come dismiss or y'all just going to go? So, Okay. Uh, then you're going to go to your breakout groups. If you don't know where to go, if this is your very first time, you don't know where to go in your breakout groups, we'll have um, the, the room assignments here on the screen. Um, or you can just come up here and ask me and I'll, I'll let you know where to go. All right, let's pray. 
Gracious God, we thank you so much for your presence in this place. God, I, I can't believe that little old me here on this earth, you know me. And you don't just know me, you know me better than I know myself. God, you know my innermost being. Those things that nobody else knows about me, you know. And yet you love me anyways. God, you love me when I do great things. You love me when I do not so great things. You love me in my strength, and you love me in my weakness. Thank you, God, for your unending love and grace. Help me, God, to know the potential I have, the potential that you see in me, because I want to do great things for you. In your name we pray. Amen.